Today, I am very excited to host Ron Rocco on the Rebecca Panapinto Project. Now, Ron spent the first 20 years of his career as a researcher within the healthcare industry. He originally worked for the Howard Hughes Medical Institute, and then he went on to serve the Cleveland Clinic and help them drive digital transformation across the business. Today, Ron serves as a healthcare and life sciences practice lead here at Onyx, and day in and day out, he spends time with our customers, helping them drive digital by using the Google tech stack. We talk a lot about this today, and you'll also see Ron's incredible passion for the healthcare industry as it shines through. Enjoy the show. Ron, welcome to the show today. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Pleasure to be here. Super excited. Been really looking forward to this for a while now. So let's dive right in, chatting a little bit about what you recently got to experience at the HIMSS conference. You were in Chicago just as recently as a week ago, hearing about all that Onyx and Google and all kinds of other partners within the healthcare ecosystem are working on. So tell us what you're most excited to see and learn from the HIMSS conference. All right. Yeah, you're right. That was an exciting event. It was a week-long event in Chicago, has about 38,000 attendees and about 1,000 vendors. So as most people there will find it's a bit overwhelming, but it's amazing what you're exposed to in a short period of time. I saw the uh, generative AI and how that's going to start moving into healthcare, mobile health and connected care, uh, and a continuous focus on healthcare interoperability. So you could just go from booth to booth to booth and learn something new within that event. Uh, and if you think about it, uh, there's different statistics, but only about a quarter of all hospitals are full, fully utilizing their data, meaning that they can find, send, receive, and use it. So seeing these uh, new technology advancements uh, that companies are doing like Google and Oracle and others like that is, is just transformational as where it's gonna take into healthcare. That's very cool. Now, is it transformational in 10 years time, in five years time, or, or what do you think can actually be something that we're going to see front lines within healthcare within the next maybe 12 to 24 months? Well, actually transformational in that when I first started working on this, my hair was not uh, gray. So it's been many years on it, but I think we finally hit that inflection point where there's it's it's almost like a perfect storm occurring where Technology has grown to the point that it has. Security is becoming more and more critical. So healthcare organizations are trying to figure out how to become more secure. And as you can imagine, all the security risks that occur in our world today, uh, since we're so interconnected. And then we add on top of it, all the financial stresses that are occurring in the, in the financial environments is pushing us into these mechanisms of how do we start getting into cloud and using cloud-based solutions, which are secure, and start bringing them to the forefront. We need to move the, the healthcare industry uh, much more into a data-driven, personalized care type area. And I think with all the things we're talking about with uh, wearables and patient engagement and uh, ways to bring data together, I think we're finally at that inflection point. And I think we're gonna start seeing a lot of the, uh, I wouldn't even say early adopters because they've already started into that. Uh, we're now going to see some of the next group uh, moving into this phase. I love it. This was one of the first like full steam back in action hymns since COVID too. And although all industries were kind of turned upside down with the pandemic, I feel like healthcare especially got a reality check on needing to be ready digitally. Have you seen an appetite and an openness to innovation and being able to move a little faster with technology? since really being shaken in the last few years with 
the crazy pandemic. Yeah, talking to some of my colleagues in, especially in the hospital systems, I think there's a more openness to this now because, as they saw during the pandemic, as you pointed out, they took a major hit on financials with uh, the loss of elective surgeries and in procedures that caused a major repercussion there. And I think as we're also starting to see uh, different groups like CVS, Walgreens, Walmarts, um, I'm trying to think AWS that are starting to sort of nibble away at the edges of healthcare, trying to take on mental health and primary care visits. I think hospitals are at a point, and again, I, I come back to that inflection point or perfect storm, where they're coming in and saying, we've got to start understanding what's our business model and how best to use our data to our advantage in order for us to stay competitive in this and to advance. That's good. And this is a sweet spot for where you and I are able to help a lot of our customers as Onyx in partnership with Google too. So talk us through a little bit about what that journey can look like with a customer who's just getting started on wanting to really get their arms around their data and how to leverage it. And then even to prepare in the future for putting generative AI opportunities into these data sets. Mm -hmm. Like where do you just start? So where we start, and uh, it, it's interesting you bring this up because it's just after HIMSS, I had multiple discussions going on and several of our customers, uh, potential customers and some of our Onyx colleagues that were there pointed out a fact of how I approach this and how I want Onyx to approach it as a healthcare uh, entity is we come in and, and sort of sit down and say, I'm not trying to offer you this widget or this widget or this widget. I'm trying to come in and say, okay, Here's what I see what's going on in the industries. I've learned this from other uh, systems that I've worked at or places that I've been involved with or consulted with. And I've learned these uh, different practices and uh, uh, technologies that can be useful. Is this where you're at? And I try to meet the uh, potential client or client wherever they're at. And if all we end up doing is having coffee, when we both learn from each other, we've we had a productive meeting. But in most cases, I'm trying to understand where are you at? What's your your biggest concern, is it security? Is it data migrations or whatever? But I never lead with technology because uh, for me, that's that's a secondary thing. That's a means to the end. I'm meeting with them and saying, what are you trying to do? Better patient care, retain customers. Are you trying to get access to new data sources? Are you trying to bring in new analytics? Are you trying to move some of your data into the cloud? I'm, I sort of approach it that way of what's your goal? And then we'll find a solution or an expert within, uh, you know, that supports me at Onyx that can step in and start answering those questions. I love it. I feel like in these situations, yeah, there's two reactions you can get from a customer. One is their eyes light up. You're talking about something I care about, pain, mm -hmm. like you hit the nail on the head. And the others is eyes light up. I am overwhelmed. And one mm -hmm. is the door opener. One can be a showstopper. And so I like how you're, talking about really leading with the first of, hey, let's find pain, let's find an outcome to drive towards. And hey, the more we can tie it to the business, the more successful we are going to be jointly in this engagement versus just diving straight into the technology. And in a lot of cases, there's just money spent not solving problems. And that's when you get to the case of a lot of technical debt, which many companies are still trying to dig themselves out of. You're correct on that. And I think that the thing that I, uh, the attribute I like to bring to this that I think is important is either scenario you just gave me, eyes wide open because they're excited or eyes wide open and pretty much nervous as to where to go and trying to be risk averse. 
is that I try to come in and be a trusted partner with them and bring my colleagues in and say, we're here to help you. So if all we need to do is is one or two little projects and we move on, or even if I am very open to even providing information to you and, and some background as to what I'm doing. My whole goal is not necessarily how to bring you on as a customer. That is not my outcome. My goal is how can I help you in what you're trying to do? And if we can establish trust, you'll probably help me and I'll probably help you and we'll figure something out. So it's I try to help both sides of that coin that you described because it's really where we're at. It's a very complicated, complex system. And it's rare that one person will understand all the different pieces. So it's good when we have others to bounce ideas off of or bring experience that we don't have to the table. That's good. And I mean, you're a healthcare expert. Your background has been with the Cleveland Clinic and all these different healthcare organizations even being a clinician, like hands-on, you understand healthcare from the front lines versus specifically the technology piece that kind of came later. And I mm -hmm. think that's the way to see customers be successful too, is like, let's think about the front line. Let's think about the clinicians. Let's start at where the point of care is actually happening. And then walk our way backwards to how technology further enables that. And I think your background lends to that form of approach in solving customer problems, which can be extremely well received. I, I think you make a good point there is because I spent time as a researcher at the bench. Then I moved over and was more of a clinical administrator, but spent a lot of time meeting with patients and sitting in on patient visits and going into uh, patients' uh, procedures and such to listen as to what they're, they're dealing with and how does it feel and what do they need. Because uh, to your point, how are you supposed to understand what solutions to bring to the table if you don't really know what the problems are? And there's a lot of things that are going on in these in these instances, such as I think one real key factor that I've heard most recently, probably since uh, you know post pandemic, is one of the biggest problems hospitals are dealing with right now across the United States is how do we recruit and retain our physicians and nurses. So you have to start thinking about it because I might walk in and say, well, what's a hospital want to do? Provide better care. Yes, they do. But they're also looking at how to retain and recruit their key personnel that are providing this care. So I have to understand where they're at and, again, meet them as to wherever they're at and then provide solutions that best solve their problems. That's good. Yeah, if you asked me, you know, what a physician's day-to-day -day looks like, what problems they're solving, what they, you know, keeps them up at night. I would be like, never been a physician. I didn't right. go to the 10 years of school. But yeah, I definitely know how technology can help healthcare. But you just don't want to fit a square peg in a round hole. So being able to work with the folks that have been on the front line, you having that background really brings a lot of quality conversations to this whole digital process and this journey that we walk customers through. Yeah, I think another a uh, factor that I've heard that I found extremely educational for me as I was talking with a primary care doctor a couple years ago, and he spoke to me and said, I'll tell you what, a, a typical primary care doctor might see 20 to 25 patients a day. And he told me, he said, if you can give me 30 seconds to a minute per patient back, I'm going to love what you bring to me. So that was a key goal that I tried to approach is what types of technologies can I bring in? And again, it's not to solve of how do I provide a physician with five to six hours a day more, which is 
very difficult to do. But let's nibble away at this and come at it of, can I find a way to do uh, natural language processing or voice to text or something like that, that helps a physician see a patient, allow them to be that personal interaction with their patient and stay away from you know all the documenting that they have to do or make it a, a little easier to do and provide a little time back to them so that they can utilize that time to do better patient care. So the, that goal was is always stuck in my mind as to what the help they may need. I love it. And you allude there to the use case of artificial intelligence, I feel like. Artificial mm-hmm. intelligence is there to enhance the minutiae being taken care of by a machine versus a human. So that human to human contact and this physician to patient relationship, for example, can be just about the connection and the friendship and the relationship and and them bringing their expertise of what they learned in their 10 years of school to solve the right problem versus worried about how they take notes and how they communicate certain pieces of documentation to, say, the insurance company. The more that can be offloaded, the more that this interaction can be human to human and mm-hmm. be the reason somebody's coming in to see a physician in person in the first place versus Googling something on WebMD, which we're all guilty of. We're all guilty of. And, and that makes a, a really good point because I remember, well, let's say around 2010, the amount of medical information was doubling every three to five years. And then I heard just about a year ago, it's now doubling every 72 days. So to your wow. point about AI and how we can bring that in is, how do we start extracting this type of information that is just overwhelming uh, to people and, and to providers? How do we bring that information in a structured way back to them, do some way that we can start helping to analyze that and provide clinical decision support? I am not saying clinical decision making because it's always going to be the healthcare provider that is providing the decision, but how do we give them support structure to help them uh, better treat their patients? That's good. And back to your point earlier, it starts with the data and good data and the data. laying that foundation now so that as these AI models mature, they can be extremely effective in the environment they're introduced to. Absolutely. Because if I, you know, gone through my research days, my clinical days, and then even uh, working in business, I've realized how I would say dirty the data is in healthcare. Uh, you might have multiple ways in a, an electronic health record system that actually identifies you as, as to what your race is in that. So if you're trying to go in there and analyze this particular uh, subgroup, it's really hard to pull that out. And if you think about it, um, this was told to me years ago, so I know we've advanced quite a bit, so I don't want to offend any of the, the companies that I'm talking to, but uh, I heard that Early on, maybe about 15 years ago, they said uh, electronic health record is almost like a big file cabinet of post-it notes, a lot of text notes that are put in there. And how do you extract that information from notes that were taken 15, 20 years ago about a patient and bring it to the forefront so it becomes actually something that's used to personalize care? So tell us a little bit more about your journey, Ron, for when you really... It just really clicked for you that healthcare was this big industry that you wanted to tackle because it's been the priority and primary focus of most of your career. And I'm I'm curious your own personal journey with like, hey, healthcare, this is what I'm passionate about. This is where I want to be involved and this is what I want to dedicate really making an impact to. 
Yeah, it's even when I look back on it, it's quite interesting. So I started out wanting to do research. So I, I started out in, uh, I got my master's in biochemistry, moved into research world, uh, was working at the VA Medical Center doing geographic medicine around Desert Storm, That some of the issues that we were having from there. And then I moved on because I've always believed that cancer is a disease that uh, we need to help try to find better therapeutics for, better therapies for, and, and do our best to lessen that load because I've met with multiple people, dozens and dozens of people that have had cancer from you know, breast cancer where they've survived and they're living 10 years, 15 years or more uh, to people who have developed pancreatic cancer. And I may have lost them within a couple months. To me, that is just, it, it needs uh, uh, more people addressing it. So I went into uh, oncology, studied cancer for many years. And then I realized that uh, I was doing a lot of great work in research, but I almost needed to move closer to the patient. So I moved over more on the patient care side of things and looked at all the research discoveries that were being made and tried to draw them into the, into the clinical space or draw them in and offer it up as uh, support to the clinicians and the healthcare providers. So I saw that. Then as I moved on in my career, it's like, okay, I'm helping them. But the one thing, as you pointed out earlier, is really needed is structured data with advanced analytics laid over it. And so when I had the opportunity to come to a company like Onyx, who is working in, you know, in partnership with tech behemoths like Google, that allowed me to say, okay, how are we going to help bring this data together, structure it in the right way, overlay it with advanced analytics, and then start putting the AI machine learning on it? That's only going to occur if you work with some, you know, these really large tech companies who are experts in doing this. Because I even remember when I was looking at it just the other day, and I think Google gets at least a billion uh, queries a day in their search just on healthcare. So how do we take that information of what people are asking for, find a way to digest it down and distill it down into useful information and turn it into some type of care model? So I saw it's going to take that type of load to actually transform an industry like healthcare. Wow. That's impressive. I did not realize that that many queries were being made mm -hmm. around healthcare and the even insight that that data can have to feed other pieces of data. Like that's pretty cool. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it's it's interesting information because you think about what are most people worried about. And and so you could see the queries and from that you can decide are people really concerned about cancer? Are they more concerned about diabetes or or what? Or now we're starting to get into the, the home care and how we can do that and what telehealth is. So we're starting to move into these technologies that people are looking into and saying, what does this mean and how do I work with it? So we're, we're learning a lot of information from that. And if you think about it, those type of queries are not really loaded anywhere or stored anywhere in a healthcare record. So you know, it's hard for our, our colleagues who are healthcare providers because they're getting a very limited data set based on a few opportunities we're actually in, in front of them or meeting with them in a telehealth visit. And so they're trying to put together limited data sets in understanding you and trying to figure out what's the best therapy for you. So they're doing phenomenal work with that. But if we could bring the different data sets together and expand that and start doing things such as wearables, uh, such as like Fitbit Connect and things like that that are coming in, 
how do we start getting uh, more information about you? And I sort of look at it this way. I know it's very uh, minimalistic, but instead of getting just a picture or a snapshot of Rebecca, how about if I had a video of Rebecca? I would understand how to treat her and what uh, therapies might work better for her because I have a more holistic view. I like it. It's why people come into the office is to make sure they can get that full view, but less and less people are going to keep wanting to come into the office, especially if those physician interactions are not elevated by allowing AI to enable them to be more human. A lot of times it's a bad interaction and most people dread going to the doctor or to the dentist. And so what is the incentive? Why would they? But if you make it easier, you come to them in a sense, Mm -hmm. then it alleviates a lot of those concerns of not seeing the full picture of health of the individual you're trying to serve. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit now about the favorite customer problem that you have been able to solve, let's say in the last five years. Walk us through what that adventure was like, that experience, and really the outcome that you worked together to drive towards. When I have customers come to me and say, how do I bring the data together? And, And so one of the first things that I have to do that I've done over the years, and in fact, this sometimes frustrates people when I start there, is like, what data sources are you looking for? And that's when uh, hospitals, even you know, companies and that, start to realize that they're not even aware of all the data sources that exist. So you, you talk with insurance companies and they have a lot of CMS data. They have a lot of claims data and stuff like that. They're also looking for what other data sets exist. And when you talk to a hospital, they have their EHR records and the records on you, but they're not even sure what other data systems exist. So that's where I come in is working from a research all the way through to business development in companies is trying to understand what about these data sets? What about a financial data set? What about a, uh, a historical data set? Almost like I hate using the word marketing data set, but it's important because if you think about it, it's like if you're a, a young mother, you may not want to be offered uh, patient visits that are like eight o'clock in the morning. But how do we make that? more uh, personalized to you and start dealing with that in a way that uh, treating a patient like a customer. And I think once I've been able to help these companies figure out how to bring these different data sets together and point out that they're not dangerous data sets, they're ways of looking at a person holistically and helping them and personalize their journeys. I think that's a very important thing uh, that I've done with a lot of customers is make sure that they see these different data sets and then have some trust in them of bringing them together is not necessarily a bad thing. Yes, we have to have compliance and security and all that. I totally agree with that. But these types of data sets can actually help us better treat patients. Now, Ron, I have one final question for you and I'm curious to hear what is a core principle that you've lived by to be successful in business? All right, let me see. I think what it, it is, is that I've noticed over the years, I don't care if I'm in research, healthcare, business, healthcare is about people. And I've always wanted to help people and, and find ways uh, that I can uh, engage with them and help them, not in a patronizing way. It's not like I'm going to walk up and say, Rebecca, I'm going to do this for you. I like to meet them where they're at and say, what are you looking to do? Or how can I uh, utilize my background or experience to bring something to you? Uh, And I I think also my background in research prepared me for this 
because in research, they say, oh, 95% of your experiments fail. And I had to step back and say, they don't really fail. Uh, we just failed to understand what we put into the experiment and what we got out of it. So it caused me many times, as I did 20 years of research, of thinking about the problem and trying to understand it and figure out what is it trying to tell me instead of I failed and I go grab a beer and sit at the bar for a while. You know, I was like, I pick my head up and go right at it because I, I don't want anybody to ever forget that doesn't matter if I'm working with a test tube, a database, um, working with an API, um, just about anything. I have to remember there's a person at the end of that and, and it's affecting their lives. So what I'm trying to do may affect someone, may not be today, it might not be next week, but it will affect them at some point. So the more I can help our, our clients is hospitals or biotech, insurance, uh, research, any one of those I can help. I always got to remember there's, there's a patient or a person at the end of that and it's affecting their life. So it gives me a lot more uh, incredible energy and a drive to succeed because it's not just me. It's more for uh, uh, a group win. So that keeps me going on a daily basis. I love it. You're such an inspiration and joy to be around, Ron. So thanks for joining us on the show and we'll talk to you again soon. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm.